Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. We're firmly in the middle of October, which means we're in the midst of all things fall. Yeah. Also, how did this happen? It was like a blip and it was summer to fall. It was. Well, at least in New Jersey. Yeah. It was just like, no, fall is here. It was like a tidal wave of fall. Yeah. It's all because I called Manon at the beach one one day with my coven. (laughs) I did try that new new Starbucks drink that Uh everybody's losing their minds over. And um, I got a... It was yeah. so delicious. A PSL? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it was the one. It has like nitro foam oh, and the whole. I it's know. Fancy, it's so fancy. You're fancy. And you know what? It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. Speaking of, so we have talked about this on the show before, mm-hmm. but like I really don't feel like it is fall or like creepy season. <laughs> creepy season. Without American Horror Story. Yeah. Right now we are in the middle of American Horror Story 1984. It's true. Right now, the recording of this, four episodes have passed. Yes. But I'm loving what is happening. Yeah, I was a little, like, very curious to see what was going to happen. I was a little, like, disappointed because it seemed like it was just like, oh, this is just an 80s slasher film. But then I was, like, fully on board. It oh, didn't fully take on me board. much to get on board. That opening sequence, I think, <gasps> might be my favorite opening sequence Yes, and ever. The, um, <laughs> some, there was the guy on the internet that was, like, when they announced it, just, like, made his own opening sequence mm-hmm. and then Ryan Murphy saw it and literally hired him to like help make the what is now the opening sequence. Yeah, I really, really Which like I it thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Shout out to a fellow podcast called This American Horror Story Podcast. I listen to it every week. We've listened not. to it. We have listened to it together, together before. Yeah. I'm obsessed with recap culture. <laughs> obsessed with it. And they do a really good job of like breaking down everything really clearly. Um and I like their conversation. Mm. Part of what I love about American Horror Story now is that it literally has this giant following. That, yeah. Like the internet, you know, the week after is mm-hmm. just like obsessed over. With like theories. And they're noticing all these tiny little details yeah. that, 
American Horror Story is really good with the Easter eggs, and they always have been. And so I'm curious about where they're headed with the mm. ones they're dropping. Yeah, I know. It's been really good. It's yeah. been interesting. As you know, my single, my single is dropping. <laughs> it's dro- <is> dropping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my single is called My Single is Dropping. And, and it's, it's dropping. dropping. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the 30 Rock reference. But anyway. yeah, no, it's really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. It looks yeah. like the next episode will be daytime. We'll actually be through the night. Yes, it's like so. the dawn or the, the yeah. or something. Yeah. There's dawn in the title. Mm-hmm. And, it's and actually called Red Dawn. Red Dawn. And it seems like they're doing a lot of play on 80s movies in their titles. Like, I do feel like Red Dawn mm-hmm. is the drag name. Oh. <laughs> like she's like Red a dawn. redheaded queen named Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> For adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you So typically, when we introduce a new park on the podcast, we give a bit of a blurb about the park, and we are going to do that. That's coming. But I think it's really important to start by talking about how we got to Haleakala National Park this day. Right. So last we left you... We were in Hawaii Volcanoes. We were in Hawaii Volcanoes. We like crashed real hard that night after hiking. And that was when the palmetto bug started to yeah, sort of like you, show its yes. A palmetto bug is a cockroach <laughs> that flies. Yeah. It's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> it's the stuff of nightmares. All of the things that like you hate and fear about the world and about everything mm-hmm. that could happen to you is all wrapped up in one tiny little bug and it's flying at your face. <laughs> That's a palmetto That's bug. That's a palmetto bug. So yeah, we um we crashed real hard and then because we essentially had to be up at like four in the morning, I think. So okay, yeah. let's talk about this. Yeah. So we had a flight to Maui. Well, we had a we had a flight to Big Island. Yep. And then we also had a flight from Kauai. So we had to also book all these smaller flights in between the yeah. islands. So we had a flight from Big Island, Hawaii to Maui, mm-hmm. which was only like $40. Like it wasn't expensive. It was, it was more like $100, but sure. I thought for you were going to say. For the two tickets. It no, was, it was like 100 for each. Really? It was more expensive to fly to Kauai. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I think we I think we each paid like three hundred dollars. I think our flights to from Maui to Kauai were like closer to two. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I it mean, is what it is. Prices but change all the time. The guys. thing is, the <laughs> only way to get from one island to another in Hawaii is to fly. Yeah. Like, you, there's no sort of like commercial way to take a boat. Yeah. And you know, you obviously can't drive. No. 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 So yeah. So we had a, we had booked a flight. It was a seven a.m. flight. It was a seven a.m. flight. And we 
booked it and it was a small airline. But I think when we booked it, we didn't realize how small of an airline no, it was. No, we knew it was a small airline, yeah. right. But you were like freaking out as usual about oh, getting was... to <laughs> the airport on time. Right. You were like, we have to get to the airport. And I was like, I know we have to get to the airport on time. Therefore, we had to be there at 5 a.m. Is that right? Something like that. We yeah. wanted to be there around 5 a.m. And we were about an hour and a half from the airport. We were about an hour and a half from yeah. the airport. So you were like, we need to leave here at three. And I was like, <laughs> no, we can leave here at four right. and we'll be fine. Yeah. But we still have to leave here at four. Yeah. Because we had so, to drop the rental car off and get to the actual airport. Right. Yeah. All of which was right in close proximity. Yeah. All of the things. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So that night we crashed. Real hard. Mm. The palmetto bug came after me. <laughs> I had nightmares all night long. I did. I did. I do love an outdoor shower. And I do think that I want one of those in my life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. It's called going out in the rain, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. We're leaving our hippie commune that we were staying in, mm-hmm. in um, Big Island, Hawaii. Yep. There were just a ton of cars there and there were a ton of people living in this place. Mm-hmm. And we had this small studio in this corner on the outside that had an outdoor shower and an outdoor commode. Oh, you know what we did not mention? I don't want to talk about Oh, <laughs> we're, we have to talk about this. No. We do. We have to talk about Ugh, this. It was trauma for me. I know it was trauma for you, but we have to talk about it. We can't. We can't not. Okay. Okay. So the previous evening... We were driving back to the Airbnb. Yeah. Because we had gone and gotten dinner at this, the only restaurant around. We were driving back up the hill, I guess. Toward, it was very foggy. It was very foggy. Like, could hardly see like three feet in front of you. I was driving. And as we were slowly pulling up toward where the turnoff was to the driveway for the Airbnb, we see... We see like a mama dog and like some puppies like saw, on the side of the road. Yes, a mama dog and some puppies. Yeah. They sort of like emerged out of the trees and then they like looked into the lights of the car and then they like scooted back into the trees. But we could see that it was definitely like a mama dog and puppies. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh my God, we have to do something. We have to help them. Both of us were saying that. Yeah, we stopped the car. We did. And I we, think we got out. We did get yeah. out. We got out. We and were only like, were like 10 like, feet yeah. from... Oh, yeah. But you were like, fog, what are we going to do with these dogs? The fog yeah. was so heavy. Yeah. Like, you could not see anything. Yeah. Like, we could not see where they were on the... We could not see the spot on the road where they were. No. And they had gone back into these woods. And I was like, we can't even look into these trees to see if we can find yeah. them. Also, it's like dark and they can't see us either. So, like, it's probably not safe for us to be blind in the dark right now trying to help this animal that can't see us and doesn't know that we're approaching. Right. They had been out there clearly for a period of time. And so who knows? Maybe they weren't stray and maybe they, they did have somewhere to go and just couldn't see. But I did turn to you and I was like, even if we did collect them, what would we do with them? It's midnight. And what are we going to do? Give them to the Airbnb host and go like, we found these animals. Now we have to leave. Yeah. No. The answer was no. The answer was no. Unfortunately, that was the situation where we had all the intention and nothing we could do. Yeah. So we left and we pulled into the driveway. (laughs) And we both cried. I wept wept myself to sleep. You wept because of the palmetto bug. I wept (laughs) because of the palmetto bug. And you wept because of the puppies. I know. I know. I did. So trauma. 
those, so, those were your puppies. They were my puppies. So yeah, so we had a restless night of sleep for because of animals and insects, and then promptly were risen at 4 a.m. And we had about an hour and a half drive to get us to the airport. Did we leave right at 4? I feel like we left more like... I feel like we were 4.15-ish. And I, I was think like we were 4.15 because, of it. because yeah. yeah. What else is We were 4.15 and I was, I was like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. And you were like, you know, hyperventilating. Well, I also was because we didn't get... When you fly, typically you're getting like a reminder from the airline to like say, hey, check in. Like you can check in. And I looked back through my emails and I was like, okay, I found the airline, but they haven't sent me anything. And I tried to go to their website. This was like all in the car on the, in the morning, like as we're driving. So you're just giving yourself more and more reason to freak out. Yep. Anxiety, high levels. Um, Reasons why we are from. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we ended up like realizing or I ended up realizing through looking at the website I was like I think we are on a very very small plane when we got to the airport well we returned the rental car and returned the rental car we got onto the shuttle and they asked us the airline and they dropped us off and literally we were like dropped off at a a hangar Um, it was it was not even a hangar it was like there was an I mean is that what an outdoor space is called? A hangar? I mean, I think it was right near the hangar. Yeah. It was everything. sort of like an awning yeah. with a with kiosk. A, with yeah. a, a kiosk or a counter, yeah. a tiny counter. Yeah. And um we walked up and we were like, Yeah, we're here. We have tickets for the seven AM flight. And they were like and it was at this time five forty five. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, we have a six oh five flight that has two seats on it. Do you want to just move up to the six oh five? And that's when Mike was like, oh, my God, all the beams of light just shooting out of your body. Like, we're here early. This is the now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, that's in like 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And then we sat down. I may or may not have been doing work on my phone at this moment. I think this is the truth. This is the truth. Mm -hmm. Things that I hope aren't true anymore. Yeah. Moving forward. I was working on something that. I wanted to like prep for a creative partner that who was going into a meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I believe it was a poem of some sort. It was some kind of poem. Yeah. But yeah, it was like pretty incredible to just like basically walk right on to this. Like, I think it was a 10 seater plane. I think we also, before we got on the shuttle at the rental car place, were like chugging water and eating food. We walked up and I still had like a bag of something. Nobody checked anything. Oh, like, no. Th- no. I could have no. like <laughs> had, to, you know, not like shoved everything into my mouth at that mo- moment in time. And so it would have been fine. Yeah. We sat there for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, aren't we leaving? And like at 15 minutes, like, yeah. it was like, what? Right. Then they announced, okay, it's time, everybody, let's go. So they just, you know took our bags and we went and they called our names at the fence and they were like okay proceed down the tar bank with your bags we (laughs) walked up to this plane that had a propeller yeah at the nose yeah and that was all yeah and we were like okay this is (laughs) the moment this is it this is the moment where we are like okay this okay we're getting on this plane yeah so we get on the plane were there seatbelts yeah Okay, yes, there were, were seatbelts. <laughs> there were seatbelts. You make it but, sound like there were chicken coops. Like, but next we just to us basically, too. I think I put my bag on my lap. Yeah, we just carried our bags just in our lap. Just held our bags in our lap. This was the plane where they would just turn around and be like, here are your announcements, you yeah. know, and then um, and then fly away the lady pilot. Yes, lady pilot. <laughs> 
Lady Pilot. Lady Pilot. Oh yes. <laughs> All the drag All the names. drag queens are named coming out today. Red Dawn and Lady Pilot. Red Dawn and Lady Pilot. Oh, I love that. It sounds like they that. would have an action film. They're together. a double act. Yeah. Right. Like a they hot are. pursuit kind of. Yeah. Like Cagney film. and Lacey. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We take off, and I thought the ride was way smoother yeah. than I anticipated. I think the thing that concerned me most was the landing because it was a tiny plane. Right. But I right. thought it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Lady Pilot bad. landed it very smoothly. <laughs> she had, he was her co, there was a guy that was her co pilot. Right. He was the one making the announcements. She was flying the plane. And we landed in Maui. Yeah. Pretty quickly. I think it was like 45 minutes. It yeah. wasn't bad. Not too bad. Yeah. And with that, let's take a break. It's time for a game. What game are we playing today, Mike? We are playing a game that we play often on the trails. It's called Memoir Chapter Titles. I love that because it's more specific than like asking you to like name your memoir, name a title for your whole life, yeah, right? or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine is everyone is terrible, and so am I. I know. But yeah, I know. It's mm-hmm. the best. Uh, the way this game works is, um, I'll give you a topic. And we will both come up with the title of that chapter of our memoir based off of that topic. So the topic for today is coming out. Yes, because when we're recording this today, like just, you know, yesterday was National Coming Out Day. Mm -hmm. I do have to say, I was really pleased with sort of like the representation of National Coming Out Day on all the social media platforms Mm -hmm. that I look at. The other thing that I really appreciated was one, it was a celebration of coming out and it was also a celebration of coming out on your own terms. Yeah. As someone who did, I absolutely came out on my own terms. There was no one in my life that cornered me about it. Mm -hmm. I sort of like waited until I felt like okay about it. And then I did. I mean, it's also sort of like watching like a, like a, a glitter covered bird in the corner finally like <laughs> tell everyone hey everyone i'm covered in glitter yeah it's the mm-hmm. thing the opposite of news mm-hmm. okay so my memoir chapter title for that would be called the elephant cake oh okay why i would call it the elephant cake because i was 23 mm-hmm. when i came out like december i would turn 24 mm-hmm. that january and i came out to all of my friends and my, I gathered everyone for my birthday party and then I told them it was my coming out party and they like lost their minds because they were like, we we would have wanted to have thrown you one and like made a giant deal about it. Mm-hmm. And they were like the wonderful, most kind. We had not met you and I no, at this point. No. I had gone home that Christmas and I told my parents mm-hmm. who that went very well, much better than I ever imagined. And then the thing about my friends was I had made this promise to myself. I was like, you know what? When I come out, I have to tell my parents first and then I can tell everybody else Mm -hmm. because my parents and I are very tight and I love them the most. I felt like it would just be like the most disrespectful thing for them to find out secondhand this like thing that I'm owning about myself. So I waited until I was ready to tell them and then all of my other friends could just basically see that I was... It was something I was dealing with and that I wasn't really talking about it. I also wasn't owning it, but I wasn't denying it. And so they just gave me all the space. I had three roommates at the time. Mm. And one of them, my dear friend, Samantha, she makes cakes. And so I asked her. So what happened was, is in order to ensure that I told my parents, I told one of my roommates first that I was going to do it so that I had like someone that could ensure that I would do it. Yeah. 
So I told my roommate, Casey, like I like made an appointment to hang out with him to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he was always like, well, what are, why did, why are we hanging out on Tuesday? Can you give me any kind of context? I'm like, no. He got into my car and I just burst into tears and I told him. Mm. Then we sat at the diner for three hours. He was like, you clearly, there's a lot I know you want to say. So just say everything. And he was like the best ear ever. Not that I wouldn't have told other people. Right. But I chose him specifically because he and I had a very specific friendship. And um, I felt really comfortable telling, mm-hmm. telling him that. And I knew that he would hold me to the candle to make sure that I told my parents. Mm-hmm. So... um. I had this like conference I was going to when I came back. And after that conference, I gathered everybody for my birthday party, which I say gathered everyone for my birthday. Like it was just like, Hey, meet me at this restaurant. If Mm -hmm. you fucking care, if you want, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So people came. And before that I had told my friend, Sam, I was like, okay, yes, I did come out to Casey. And now I want to come out to everybody else. Could you make a cake in the shape of an elephant? Mm -hmm. And she made a red velvet cake in the shape of an elephant. And so I addressed everybody at the party and I was like, okay, everybody. So it's time to kill the giant elephant in the room. I'm gay and let's fucking feast on this elephant. (laughs) And that is what we did. Mm -hmm. And that is why I would call that elephant cake. And that's what you said when they announced the impeachment. I'm gay. I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You've been able to use it twice now. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So what is yours? Um, Mine's called Junior Senior. Oh. So it's like a threefold. Is this about a secret boyfriend that you had (laughs) when you were junior and he was a senior and then he moved Mm -hmm. off to college? Mm -hmm. And like Liz Fair sang a song. (laughs) Right. Unlike you, I feel like I my coming out was a little different um, in that I wasn't cornered, but I definitely I was kind of brought to it a little bit. Not on my own terms. I basically had come home from college my freshman year um, and I was living in Philadelphia and I knew that like being away was like very freeing and I knew that I wanted to come out when I had come home. I was just like trying to be very strategic about it because I really wasn't sure how my parents were going to handle it. When I got home, two of my friends were seniors in high school and I had just come home from college. So it was May. So they were still in school um, and we had gotten together. We'd taken a walk uh near the local reservoir and just like kind of just to catch up and do some things. And my friend Eric actually came out to me um, on this walk. And I feel like my world exploded in that moment. And I really was totally out of left field for him to come out. I didn't expect that. I wasn't planning on coming out at that moment in time. But I felt like I had a safe space. And I felt like these were people that I could tell I was with my friend Eric and Jess. And so I told the two of them first. Part of the reason it's called junior senior is because he was the junior to me being the senior in the situation. And I, I think for me, him being younger and having come out, I felt like a little bit like, oh, did I miss the boat a little? Should I have come out like a little sooner? That was kind of like a ridiculous thought. But I think in that moment, there was so much going through my head that I really had a hard time with figuring that out for myself. Unlike you, I definitely told all my friends first. I felt like there was a little bit more of a comfort level for me there because I really wasn't sure how my parents were going to, you know, take the news. Um, so I told my friends and my my dearest friend, Lauren, 
we were driving together and I told her and she was so excited and um, the song Don't Stop by Junior Senior was on in the car and it was just like such a moment of joy like it felt very comfortable to be received so well from someone I was so close with. The other reason it's called Junior Senior is because I am a junior and my dad is a senior and so when I told my parents I like sat them down in the family room and I I came out and they were very shocked by it. I think they it took them totally off guard. They really didn't know how to take it. I was very strategic about when I told them. I had about a month to go before I went back to college. So I figured, hey, it'll either go great and I'll have a really nice month at home or it won't be so great. And worse comes to worse, I figure something out. And it was somewhere in the middle. Uh, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. And it took a little while before things kind of evened out again with us. But I feel like it's a nice threefold meaning behind that memoir chapter. I love that. Yeah. I actually felt really nervous, like rehashing that story. Like I it know. felt like I was, I was sitting... coming out for the first time again, yeah. which is kind of so bizarre because it's been such a long time since I've been out, you yeah. know, but it did, it is such a personal thing. And I don't think that's something that unless you are gay or unless you are announcing a sexuality other than, you know, heterosexuality, I don't think that's something that anybody else has to grapple with or, or deal with or digest. And I think it's such a, it's such a deep part of who you are. So yeah. it is like sharing a very intimate moment it's in your sharing, life. It is sharing intimacy. Yeah. It's sharing a moment of intimacy, yeah. which is deeply personal and um, deserves all the space and respect. I was sitting over here, my heart was beating and I was like, wow, oh my God, this feels like the, feels like the first time right seriously though seriously seriously yeah there was a period of time where i thought a friend of mine was going to come out to me in hopes that i would also come out to Uh them and then tell me that they they weren't actually gay but Uh i had just told the truth oh which like when i told that to all of my friends they were like oh, that was, that's genius. We should have done that. Oh. And I'm like, they're like, we never would have done that yeah. to you. They n- Seriously, like no one ever pointed a finger at me yeah. to say like this, you need to say this, right? Yeah. And this is, this is all I have to say about National Coming Out Day. That the reason that I, I that I do really love that phrase is I feel like back when we were young, there was being normal and then there was gay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. It was like, or lesbian or like, that was the thing. But now there are so many words available to all of us to right. use to identify ourselves. And we also have the choice of not using words to identify yep. ourselves or not claiming anything to claim any sort of identity. And so what I love is that now it seems that National Coming Out Day is a celebration of ownership of who you are on your own terms. Happy National Coming Out Day to everyone. Happy National Coming Out Day. Haleakala National Park in Maui, the island of Maui. Now, this island is named after the mythical figure Maui, mm-hmm. who trapped the sun, and the myth says is that he traveled up to the top of this mountain, and he threw a sling around the sun, and he made it so that the sun moved slower in the sky, making the days longer. 
And that was so that like crops could grow and things could flourish more. Oh. Yeah. Haleakala literally means house of the sun. And that and it is believed that yeah, he went up to the top of the mountain or the crater or the mm-hmm. peak at the yeah. top of Haleakala to do that. Yeah. Haleakala is the world's largest dormant volcano, which is a fact I didn't really know even when we were there. It's so big that it could swallow the island of Manhattan whole. Mm. I learned this after we visited too, mm-hmm. that it was the largest dormant volcano. Yeah. I this is I think this is really hilarious. So Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and Haleakala National Park used to be together. Right. In what was called Hawaii National Park. Yes. Right? And the other day on Instagram, like mm-hmm. Hawaii volcanoes, like took a photo of Haleakala National Park from Big Island because mm-hmm. you can like see it in the distance. And they were like, oh, hey, Haleakala, <laughs> we see you. We used to be the same national park. Yeah. <laughs> then Haleakala responded with just like, stop. <laughs> I was like, God, I love little, it when parks do that. A little playful NPS back and forth. I know. But yeah, it was established on August 1st, 1916 as a part of the Hawaiian National Park. But then it was re- renamed when the parks were split in September of 1960, September 13th. So, oh, so she is a, a, a her sun sign is Leo. Yeah. But her rising sign is uh, Virgo. Virgo. Yeah, that makes Almost sense. Almost a Libra, but yeah, yeah Virgo. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the park itself uh, features the crater. Fire and earth. Yeah. Crazy that that's yeah. a volcano. I know. What a surprise. Surprise. Um, surprise. Um, the park itself features the crater of Haleakala, but there's also a jungle section um, called Kipahulu. Um, and that you can get to that section if you travel to Rotahana, um, which is something that we did part of um, on our last day on Maui. That's right. There's a whole section of Haleakala National Park that visitors actually cannot visit because it is entirely just for the conservation of endangered species. That's something I just learned. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly the rainforest section. Okay. So it is an incredible national park. I have never seen anything like this. It was very different from volcanoes. Right. Uh-huh. I also want to add that yeah. the only native, there are over a thousand different native endemic plants. Mm-hmm. In Haleakala National Park, there's also the only two native mammals in Haleakala are bats and seals. Yeah, I did read that too. Everything else, all other mammals that you see there have been brought there. And also, it is a sanctuary for Nene. Oh, hey Nene. Hey Nene. Haleakala National Park is a sanctuary for Nene, which is the Hawaii state bird, and it's the type of goose, and it is endangered. Yeah, after landing... On Maui, we got our rental car. I was the driver this day, and we headed out from the airport, which we were there like a whole hour earlier, which gave mm-hmm. me all of the light all and of sunshine the light. and happiness. You were like, let's go. <laughs> so we get in the car and we start headed toward Haleakala National Park. Now, mm-hmm. we had done some research and we knew that there was the road to Hana. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at the visitor centers and we weren't sure like if we should like go to the peak or if we should do the road to Hana. We weren't really sure what 
how we were going to use our time this day. But right. we knew that we had the entire day here in Maui and that we had some of the following day. Right. Haleakala is like a place famous for watching sunrise. Mm-hmm. So you can actually like go to a part of the park. You do have to pay like, I think it's like $4 or something to reserve. I think maybe $2 to get a reservation for yeah. your car. It's very cheap. But you have to get a reservation ahead of time through the website so that you, because only a certain amount of cars are allowed. And then like at 5.15 in the morning, you drive your car out and then you watch the sunrise and it's supposed to be amazing. Right. We were there after sunrise, so we did not do that. But we we maybe put it on the plate for the following day. We maybe put it on the plate for the following day. We were interested in that. So we had to start making our way to the visitor center. But in order to do that, we had to go like, straight up yeah so like you're going up at what it was at the storm at volcano yeah but i mean there are like houses along i mean it's like you're going driving through neighborhoods yeah but i did not realize just how high in the air this national park is oh yeah it was it, quite a climb unbelievably high as yeah. in like we passed the cloud line yeah yeah Literally, we drove through the clouds. We drove through the clouds and came up above them yeah. and continued driving. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been that high up in the air? <laughs> in a car. In a car. <laughs> Ooh, girl. <laughs> this was high up. Yeah, it was really high up. We had to stop for supplies before we kind of made our journey because we had really nothing we with had us. Nothing. Because no. we assumed that we would have had to have gotten rid of everything. So we chowed down at the airport and then realized that we could have carried basically everything on. So we stopped to get supplies really quickly um, and some coffee and then made our way up. And I was driving this day and we were on some very windy roads. And I know how much this thrills Dusty. Oh, so much. You yeah. were taking those curves like a. Like a bat out of Haleakala hell. <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah. Those curves, I wasn't. Those curves were sharp. Mm-hmm. They were sharp in design and sharp in the way they were taken by the driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, things I disagree with. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that struck the both of us on our way up is how many mountain bikers were biking down the mountain. Oh, yeah. And that was a terrifying like the the Driving. pitch of the mm-hmm. road downward was terrifying even just the curves i can imagine and i think we heard later that there are a ton of injuries like and so they don't actually let you mountain bike the entire way down anymore i think the way they set it up is they have like these checkpoints so you have to like stop and like check in and then you can continue to move and that is something that we saw. We saw a lot of different groups. We saw a lot of like cars with trailers attached that were obviously like to switch out bikes or to get people started on bikes. And I think neither of us would have ever, ever considered doing this. That was also the day where we saw there was like, he was, I don't know, maybe like 15 on a bike. Mm-hmm. And he was like near us. Like oh, when yeah. we were coming up. Oh, and his right. dad was in the car. His dad was driving a little bit further behind him. Right. So that he was driving all the way up and I guess he would get into the car with his dad on the way back. No, his dad was taking photos, I guess, too. Right? Oh, he was taking photos. Because of him? we saw him later and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I can't drive. Oh, I can't yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't help right, you. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was taking photos for him while he was biking. Yeah. And it was like I can't imagine doing the uphill either. Like Oh yeah. girl. No. 
like my legs just buckled thinking about that. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. The last time my legs buckled like that, I was looking at Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> we made our way up to the top of Haleakala. And that brought us to the park headquarters visitors center. Now, the airport is about 27 miles from entrance to the park. Mm -hmm. And then about a mile past the entrance is the park headquarters visitor center. So we got out there and uh, we went inside and met the park rangers who were so fun. Yeah, they were really, really They awesome. were really fun. And we were like, listen, we're only here for a day. Did we come to the right visitor center? Are we looking at the right stuff? And she told us, because we were like, we, you know, should we drive the road to Hana or should we keep going up here? She was like, no, no, no. This is what you need to do if you guys are hikers. Mm-hmm. She's like, you could drive part of the road to Hana tomorrow if you wanted. Yeah. But you need to do this trail because it's the coolest thing that we've got in this park. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, great. And she was like, it is a 13 mile trail. She was like, you do it one way. Yeah. So what you do is you keep driving this road and there's a parking lot there. You pull off about two miles up and you pull off into that parking lot and you park. Then you walk around the corner to this hiker pickup area and you hitchhike in another car that can bring you all the way up to the summit and you start the trail at the summit and then you go all the way down the trail and it'll bring you back to where you're parked. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, that sounds fun. Will there be people to pick us up? And she was like, oh yeah, of course. People do it all the time. You just stand out there and people pick you up. So we also asked, like, are you sure it's very easy? Because we had a traumatic experience trying to hitchhike in a, another national park where we just weren't, everyone ignored us as we literally like, were ignored. just like flailing our arms on the side of the road. We weren't in any danger, but like, apparently hitchhiking was easy in this park too. So I think that brought back, you know, a trigger memory for me. Same. Yeah. The park headquarters was really, really great too. There was like a Nene exhibit, basically, that was just a shrine to Nene. It was totally a shrine to Nene. Um, And so that was really lovely. And it was also a great view. Like if you walked outside and around the corner, they had the bottle fill stations, the bathrooms, but you could see like... Maui All through the Maui. crowd, the clouds, the crowds, <laughs> through the crowds, through um, the clouds. Yeah. You could see all of it through the clouds. And Maui is kind of shaped like a uh, number eight. So it's kind of like a funny, the island is, itself is funny or like a cell going through mitosis. So, oh, yeah, look at that look science at you, biology. Yeah. She recommended this trail and it was called the Shifting Sands Trail. And I was really excited about this because I do, I mean, every trail has a story. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that is why this podcast exists. And so this was one of those like geek out moments. She told us all of the things that we might see on this trail Mm -hmm. and sort of like what it goes through. And I was like, oh my God, let's go. Yeah. So we got in the car. We kept going up the road, which is still going up. We're still headed straight up into the sky where Maui Captured the captured the sun, right? And then we make it to the pull off where you park your car and you hitchhike. It is nine twenty two a.m. and we are standing at the hiker pickup location, also known as the hitchhiker pickup location. 
we've been standing here about 10 minutes. The ranger said that it is, um, the, the reason why we're standing here is because there is this one really long trail that we're about to embark on. Oh, it looks like that's a ranger Maybe car. Maybe the <laughs> ranger will pick us up <laughs> um, because we have to park our car down toward the bottom and then make our way up to the summit. And is this person stopping? No, they're not. Thanks, park ranger. That, that did not happen. So... Um, so yeah, we have to park down here and then hitchhike our way up to the summit and then hike from the summit back down to here because it is a very long road to walk up to make it a loop. That would It's already a 12-mile hike. That would make it, I don't know, a 20-mile hike or something. 24, probably. 24, something like that. So we'll see how long this takes. And with that, let's take another break. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Nene Crossing. I've been waiting for her to show up. <laughs> yeah, I know you have. We already had two others, too. Oh, God, Nene mm-hmm. Crossing. I bet you there is the Hawaiian drag queen named Nene Crossing, mm-hmm. probably. But yeah. Okay, who is Nene Crossing? Um, Nene Crossing is a birder. She loves to watch birds. She... I feel like she's a little bit like Moira in uh, the first episode of season five of Schitt's Creek, uh-huh. where she is like dressed as a half human, half bird. Um, um, did that not debilitate you when oh, you saw yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. O'Hara giving a monologue as like a crow woman, the crow queen. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. So I feel like she has very much so, like, feathers are very incorporated into her act. Not Nene feathers, obviously. I think fake feathers. Um, I feel like boas are a thing, I feel like. But it's a very, like, scientific sort of approach to mm-hmm. it. Like, almost like an she takes inspiration from Audubon prints. I'm, I've got a lot of ideas Ooh, here. Oh, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. I do feel like I want to incorporate, like, some cross-gartered stuff in her in her looks, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of, like, not necessarily be on the nose with mm-hmm. the word crossing, but, yeah. like, that could be, like, a thing that mm-hmm. she does sometimes when yeah. she wants. When she wants to be deeply on the nose, she makes this sort of, like, bird look mm-hmm. that also wears a crossing guard vest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Nene I feel crossing. it. So is her song Stop in the Name of Love? I don't think so. No? No. No? No, I think... What are some Crossing Guard-related songs? I know, I, I feel like it's um, Dancing in the Streets is probably one of them. Oh, I do feel I like appreciate she, that. she does live in the world of like Motown okay. stuff. So um, that one feels really good. Mm-hmm. I think she does some more deep-cut Diana Ross. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like Stop in the Name of Love is probably something that she references, like, for a moment, Mm -hmm. like, in this mashup of a bunch of stuff. Nowhere to Run. Like, how do you not sing Nowhere to Run? Oh, of course. Yeah, I feel Mm -hmm. like that that would be a really good, like, round out to that suite of songs that we just mentioned. Right. Yeah. And I do feel like, like, it proceeds from her uh, various, like, merchandise or her shows maybe go to helping to conserve the nene population. I love it. 
Yes. I would hope so. I would hope so too. Yeah. I hope that she also incorporates dialogue from things that have people named Nene mm. in them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, throughout her, you know, sort of, you know, sometimes drag queens won't just do a song. Sometimes yeah. they'll like cut in like the, um, like a scene from a f- movie that they also lip sync all the dialogue to right. or a monologue from a movie or a moment from a TV show. And I would love for um, Nene Crossing to use that from characters named Nene. Great. So ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Nene Crossing. Okay, so we waited at the hitchhiking place for almost 45 minutes. Yeah, it was quite a while. We were the first ones there. There was a line. There started to form a line. Like, we were there, and then next in line was this French-Canadian couple. Yes, they were going to be in Hawaii for, like, something like two or three weeks, I believe. And they were on Maui for, like, a good solid week. Yeah, they were going to camp on the trail somewhere. Yeah, so we were like, oh, hey... We both have cars, right? Do you want to do this thing where, you know, one of us drives? And they're like, we're really sorry. We're camping tonight and that won't work for us. And so. here's the deal, right? We only asked that question like after we had like talked to them for a little while. Yeah. Because like we were in a situation where, yeah, we did need a car to drive us up to the mm-hmm. top. But if there were another group of people also looking for a car to do that, then like we could all get in one car and right. then go up. But then we would have to hike together all day. Yeah. And that's totally fine. But we were both like, we want to make sure that like we, you know. It's a match. It's a match. <laughs> yeah. And that we're talking to we really people that like we feel yeah. like we could have conversation right. with during the day. Right. Because like people can be cool and nice. Sometimes, you know, people want to get on a trail to keep to themselves. Right. And I do want to respect that. And there's also, you know, we both are talkers. We are talking a lot. And then sometimes we're Hi, not. welcome to our podcast. Hi, welcome to our <laughs> podcast. But we wanted to make sure that we, you know, we're with people that we're cool with yeah. conversation happening. Yeah. So we're waiting. And waiting. And waiting. And waiting. And waiting. And all it's happening is just like cars are passing by. I think a ranger car even passed us by. Yeah, too. that was in the recording. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So many cars just passed yeah. us by, and no, everybody would wave, but they would not stop. Yeah, we were like, "Oh, come on, come on!" And come this is on. where we saw that guy that was taking photos of his son. Yeah, he biking. passed by he again, like, and he was I'm like, so "I sorry. can't help you because yeah. we're like stopping and starting, yeah. and I'm going slow, and it wouldn't help you." Yeah. So we were like, okay. And then finally, there were two women in the, a car that drove up and they waved at us and they were like, no, we're parking too. And we're do, we're like, we're going to be waiting. And so they went and parked and they made their way down. And so they walked up. And so I was like, well, let's engage in conversation with them for a yeah. second. And we were like, so what is your plan? And they were like, yeah, like we wanted to just hike the trail, like, you know, from the top to the bottom. And we were like, okay. And they seemed like the friendliest, most mm-hmm. loveliest. So most loveliest. Mm-hmm. Did you hear most that? Most smartest. Most smartest. <laughs> Take a look at that. Take a look at that. That's dropped at gorgeous, everyone. So we chatted with them and then we were like, okay, well, you have a car and we have a car. And we they both were like, <gasps> oh, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that does mean we're going to have to hang out yeah. all day. They were like, we're totally cool people. Let's do it. Yeah. So, so, so that's what we did. So we got in our car with Casey and Carrie. We got in our car with Casey and Carrie, who were both from New York. Yep. 
And um, something crazy happened in this car ride. We made a discovery that is so synchronistic. Like, I don't even think, like, we could have asked for something more synchronistic. Right. Um, so I went to school for printmaking and book arts, which is a super small... So do 11 other people every decade. <laughs> right. <laughs> a very small major. In also art education. Incredibly small yeah, it's major. it's like probably one of the smallest at art schools. And somehow we were talking about just life in general. Mm-hmm. And we were asking what everybody did. And Carrie was like, well, actually, I run the print shop at Columbia. And I was like, excuse me, like printmaking and book arts. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, and Casey is a printmaker too. And we both went to school for printmaking. I think one of them went to RISD. And I was like, shut up. And so the car was like held sway in the favor of printmakers over theater majors. Oh, without a doubt. (laughs) Suddenly there were three out of three out of four, 75% of us were printmakers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were like, this never happens. We never meet other printmakers. Yeah. And we came to find out that um, Casey had actually had done a residency and had worked for a print shop in Maui and had lived in Hawaii for quite some time, specifically on Maui, I believe other places as well. But she had frequently come to Haleakala that the two of them are good friends and that they have vacationed together before they had been to Iceland. And And that's what they do. They vacation together and hike. Oh, does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar at all? (laughs) Right. We were like, well, no wonder we're kindred spirits. So, so we drove up to the summit basically of Haleakala and had a blast in the car um, the entire time up. Um, And it was very clear to us that this was going to be a, very good a day. Very for good day yeah. for hiking. So, so we pull into the summit, which you—it's just one road. You're driving right up this volcano, this dormant volcano, until you finally get to the summit parking lot, and then there is another visitor center, the summit visitor center. Mm-hmm. And so I think we made use of the restroom, and then um, from there you can see this just vast, unbelievable open, picturesque, unlike anything you've ever seen, beautiful, perfect, amazing, (laughs) incredible view of what is this uh, crater at the top of Haleakala National Park. I mean, it brought me to tears just how, like, just this was nature. No one made this. The world created this. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was really breathtaking. And it also was, like, having a sense of scale, because basically from that summit view, the trailhead was very close. So we knew that we were hiking down into this crater. And so kind of having the sense of scale from where we were at looking down was a little daunting in the fact that we knew that it was going to be a very long hike that day. And we knew that the scenery was going to just be incredibly breathtaking the entire time. I was curious. I had asked at the beginning... Why I was like, why can't we just like park and rather than hitchhike at first, I was like, do the trail all the way to the summit and then hitchhike on the way down because there's probably going to be it'll probably be easier to like catch a car yeah. that's been parked like you engage with someone for a little while and then like, can I get a ride back to my car down the road a little bit yeah. and then the ranger had told us like, no, 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 you absolutely don't want to do the trail in that direction. You want to do it from summit down to the parking right. lot 
I promise you it'll be easier. It's certainly tough in spots, but this is going to be easier. Mm -hmm. But this was one of those moments where like you're getting sort of like payoff and picturesque view immediately. Mm -hmm. And what this is going to be is literally like, here's this gorgeous picturesque view. And now you're going to just go inside of it. Right. And so that's what happens when you take the Shifting Sands Trail. Why is it called the Shifting Sands Trail? I believe a lot of it's because that first section of the trail, which is really mostly the Shifting Sands Trail part, because eventually we, we did hook onto another trail, is because that part is incredibly sandy, gravelly, loose kind of earth as you're walking your way down. So I can imagine coming up that, because it is quite a descent for that first leg, would be a pain in the neck to try to come climb up sand. And if anything, if I remember our trip to Great Sand Dunes and how difficult that was to climb sand, I definitely didn't want to have to go backwards. So I applaud the park ranger for giving us very sound advice there. Without a doubt. So um, we start off on this trail. Yeah. And um, honestly, like, so... The beginning of this trail, which this was, this is kind of a rarity for most trails I have found so far, at least the ones we've done, is you head downhill for a very, very, very long time. It was, yeah, it was a lot of downhill. It was was, a lot of downhill. um, I think it's like 2.9 miles before you kind of get to the very bottom. Um, There are some things along the way, obviously, that you're stopping and seeing. It is 3.9 miles. 3.9, So you're, you have to hike downhill for four miles. Yeah. And actually, I need to do a corrections corner right now as we're recording. Yeah. It's called the Sliding Sands Trail and oh, not the, the Shifting Sands look at Trail. You, girl. Sliding so I'm going to catch that right now. Yeah. When you were doing this trail, there are some other trails here that are connected. But essentially, the park ranger highlighted an area for us. And she was like, this is the route that I would recommend doing. Mm-hmm. Because there are other things you could include when we were thinking about what we could do, we were like, okay, let we could do the highlighted route. That's the 13 miles. Mm-hmm. There's also a world where we add on some things because of the way the trail is designed. Yeah. You could add on some like tiny loops if you wanted to. Yes. But since now we were hiking with Casey and Carrie, we also had to consider what their plans and goals were. And they wanted to do the 13 miles. I had asked Casey about these other ones and she was like, I've never done them. But the thing is like, you can sort of see everything from just the 13 miles. Mm-hmm. So we were like, great, great. Even this, the park ranger was like, you don't really need to. You don't to. really need any um, of that. You don't need to do the other stuff. You can if you want. Yeah. So we start making our way down the sliding sands trail. The way it looks, I mean, I would say it kind of looked like Mars. Yeah. It, it wasn't as red, but no. it was like... There was actually a lot of different color. It was it was gray for a long time. And you feel like you're going down these like very long, sweeping switchbacks mm-hmm. that are like going all the way across the wall. And then like you turn and you head back into another direction. Yeah. Now, what I noticed when we were inside of this crater on this trail at this time was that you can see like the um the parts of the trail that you're about to be on yeah. down below. Yes. But there 
all over the place. There's like trails over to the left. There's trails over to the right. Eventually, like as you're walking, like, you know, you can start seeing like, oh, okay, okay. I was looking at this from above and now it's part of the trail I'm walking on. Right. It was definitely a lot of perspective shifts as you were hiking and seeing different things from different angles and seeing how eventually as you kind of looped in and around how things linked up. I think one of the things for me is as we continue to hike down, looking back up was the wall that we had come down basically, or this sliding sand like wall was incredibly high. I mean, and by the time we got to the bottom, which is a little ways from now, it just, it, we, I couldn't believe that we were that far down. Yeah. Now, these, and that we had traveled that this far. This was not like sand, like sand dunes, Mm-mm. sand. This was like, it was sandy. But it was sandy. Sand. It was sandy, but it was firm. Right. Like it wasn't like you know, like walking on a beach. Yeah. So you know, this was uh, our shoes were totally fine on yeah. all of this. Yeah. Now we had every intention this day of like doing more on the trail recordings, mm-hmm. but this magical moment had happened where right. we had met Casey and Carrie. We were both way more interested in our you know conversations that we were having. So we made the choice to like, you know what, let's, we don't need to record. Let's just enjoy like the walk on this trail Yeah, as we do. Like, so yeah, because I did feel like, like taking out the recording equipment to like record something would like disconnect us. And I was like, yeah, and it kind of loved how this trail had brought us together. And I didn't yeah. want to do that. I didn't yeah. want to do that. We didn't want to do that. No, at all. no. As we hiked kind of further along, it was also kind of funny because Carrie working for the Columbia print shop. Um, I had mentioned a friend who is a printmaker that I went to school with, um, Leah, who we hiked with in Cuyahoga Valley. And she's like, oh yeah, I, I think I do know Leah. So it was like connections left and right. Like here we are in the middle of the Pacific on an island in a national park. And like, it just is like definitely synchronistic. Um, as we continue to hike down, there are some like jut outs. Um, so there's this one jut out where you can kind of walk out and there are like a pile of boulders that people were taking photos on and we really didn't see too many people on the trail this is like the first time we're encountering people other than Casey and Carrie but it was this couple and we had a great conversation with them they were like hey would you take a photo of us this is our I think it was their 30th wedding anniversary and they're like we were we'd been to Haleakala we'd been to Hawaii volcanoes but we had never been to Haleakala when we were here and this is our 52nd national park. Yeah, and so it was then something crazy. We like were like, that. "Oh my god," and we started talking about just our national park journey and they were like, "Oh, that's really cool." And we just like kind of compared notes um, yes. and nerded out for a little bit. Totally nerded out. Yeah. We talked about dreams of getting to the national parks on Guam yeah, and American bir- Samoa. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to like get to compare trails for yeah, a second. Yeah. Because yeah. I nerd out. Yeah. <laughs> we, it was a good spot to kind of take photos from here too. You can see a lot of the trails below. And so we're like, Oh, I guess we're going down this way and then looping around. And there's all these like volcanic tubes that like are within the crater that it looked like there were trails like kind of wrapping around them and mm-hmm. like going in between them. And, and we're like, oh, I guess that's what we're doing. I guess that's what from, we're doing. From like where we were sitting. Because the 
I do have to say the map is pretty clear. Yeah. But the map doesn't have every walking path um, illustrated no. on it because it's zoomed out so much that you're looking at the whole thing. Right. So if it were zoomed in more, they might be able to do that. Yeah. Because they're not able to include every tiny little connecting walking path that it gets. There were times I was like, I don't see a fork in the in the map in the map here but i'm looking at a fork and like you kind of just have to say like okay well intuitively that doesn't feel right intuitively it feels like we should be heading this way Mm -hmm. so let's keep going and then we would have to do the thing where they did have signage at every major junction yeah so but there weren't really karens right there weren't karens Karens. there weren't karens who we had someone um we did have someone um, tweet us this week to tell us oh. that Karen's is technically pronounced Cairns. Like it's a one syllable word. Mm-hmm. And um, I do want to thank them for pointing that out. And that is something that we do know, but it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, but it's so fun to say Karen stone. Mm-hmm. So, so Karen uh, stone, Karen stone, Karen stone. There, yeah, there, there you we go. go. But yes, she's Midwestern. I, she's Midwest. A Karen Stone. Karen Stone. There we go. Right. So I think that justifies it a little bit more. But anyway, we're on the Sliding Sands Trail, and we're still making our way around. There was one moment where, yeah, it did feel like there was a fork, and yeah. there's this trail off to the left that is big yeah. and like is going somewhere, but it is not illustrated on the map at all. No. And so we were. All of us were like, okay, no, it feels right to head off this way. Yeah. And then we looked in, like, we looked below. I didn't, nobody had binoculars. No. We don't have binoculars. But no. what, did we have anything? No, but looked, we were able to see that there was, like, a... There was a tiny almost sign. Almost like a sign, like a trail juncture, basically. Right. It was, like, almost like an open section that was clearly, like, not, like, wildlife area. Right. And not, you know... Now, what we've been passing the whole time is like tall gray sand dunes, tall red sand dunes, tall like brownish sand dunes. I mean, it's so picturesque mm-hmm. and feels very Mars-like. And um, as we start making our way down to this juncture, that's when things started to... Pretty cha- change. Pretty rapidly change. Yeah. Change. We started seeing that plant, the silver sword. Mm-hmm. Um, which looks like it looks like it could be a wig. Yeah, it looks like it could be like, like a troll wig. A troll wig. Yeah. yeah, and it's like this spiky plant. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, and it's silver, and yeah. it's called a silver sword. We finally make it to the juncture, and we see the sign, and we're like, okay, this makes sense. And there's a star on the map, and that star is the indication that you are here yeah. at this juncture. And when we got to that map, we knew we had to. Rather than go straight and continue on the Sliding Sands Trail, we had to turn left and do a connecting trail that would eventually take us to the Halamau Loop, which sounds very similar to another trail from uh, Hawaii. It sounds like the Halamau Trail from Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. But when we look to the left, this is where the landscape was really different. Yeah. It looked like you were on your way to Maleficent's castle. It was dark. It was, um, there was mist, fo- and, mist fog. and fog everywhere. And the, f- like, it was just craters on the ground. And craggy, craggy, dark rock. Dark rock. Like, you were, like, literally headed into, like, 
sanctuary of evil. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's what I call my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) We invented some restrooms right here in this moment. And then we headed off down this dark path into the mist. We're going to wait to put this trail in the Karen Stone scale because we're going to complete this trail in our next full episode, episode 28. So let's end this episode with some Jeopardy. So Mike, what is your Jeopardy today? My Jeopardy is in honor of a canned good that is very, very famous in Hawaii. Am I guessing spam? It is spam. My Jeopardy is called Spam A Lot. And it's an ode to spam. Okay. Okay. I'm ready for this. All right. So spam a lot for 100. The word spam is a portmanteau or a blending of the sounds and combinations of the two words that make it up. In 1937, spam was introduced to the world stage after a naming contest for a $100 prize, which was awarded by combining these two words. What is spiced and ham? That's correct. Spam a lot for 200. A popular Hormel product, Spam produced its billionth can in 1959. While sales have continued to grow, its most lasting pop cultural moment was in a sketch about Spam eating Vikings on this popular British improv show in the 1970s. What is it, Monty Python something? What is Monty Python's... Flying Circus. Flying Circus. I was going to say that. Okay. Very good. Um, Spam a lot for 300. Spam is comprised of six ingredients that give it its distinctive taste, from water, salt, potato starch, sugar, and sodium nitrate, which give it its color, to this cut of meat, which was once thought of as undesirable, but which now is often used to create excellent pulled sandwiches. What is pork? It is pork, but I'm looking for the part of the the, the pork. Is it the the back? You're close. Is it the, I don't know. It's the shoulder. Oh, the shoulder, shoulder. a pork shoulder. Oh, okay, okay. Pork butt is also used to make pulled pork, but it's the shoulder. Spam a lot for 400. Spam was included in World War II K rations, which were individually packaged for issue to mobile forces for short durations. Along with other supplies like chewing gum and cigarettes, K rations may have included this chocolate and peanut butter candy, originally only in dark chocolate, that still stocks candy shelves to this day. It's, what is Reese's peanut butter cups? Not Reese's. What is um? I don't know. It's an old timey one, and I love it. It's peanut chews. Oh, peanut chews. Yeah, peanut chews are also a K ration or were a K ration, and spam a lot for five hundred. While spam's popularity waned among the GIs that returned home from World War II, there were many places where spam became an important part of the culture, either for a time or as a lasting tradition. Many of these places were touched by war, like Korea, where spam is considered a posh gift and given for this holiday. What is Christmas? It's close. Sometimes Christmas or Lunar New Year. Okay. Yeah. So. Great. Now you know more about spam. Okay. Spam. Sperm. I feel I feel inspired. Um, <laughs> By spam. Exactly. Paint me okay. a painting. So my category is called Haleakala Renamed. Okay, great. So I've changed the first letter in all of these <laughs> clues. Okay. To rename Haleakala National Park. Great. I love so it. So I created an example. Word games. An example. <laughs> okay. Maui's only national park if it were a haven for servers and spikers of this beach 
net sport. What is Valiacala? Correct. <laughs> so that's what we're working with. Right. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Valiacala renamed for 100. The sanctuary for the Hawaiian Nene if it were uprooted and reset in the capital of North Carolina. What is Raleiakala? Correct. <laughs> 200. This native home to bats and seals, if it were transferred to an island in Indonesia and was made an essential part of an eat, pray, love journey. What is Baliakala? Yes, correct. That's right, Julia. Yes. For 300. This home to part of the Hana Scenic Highway, if it were covered in melted clocks, what is Daliakala? Correct. That's right. Salvatore. Yes. <laughs> 400. Right. Annie, read me your note again, says the young girl often, if this Hawaiian National Park was suddenly a home for tiny orphans who have bad dreams in the opening scenes of classic musicals. What is Maliakala? Yes, correct. <laughs> oh, maybe far away. That was or great. maybe... Real nearby. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. I had another clue in there. If you didn't get that one, I was like, he's going to get that one. Yes. Which was like, or a hotbed for the drug ecstasy. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Haleakala renamed for 500. Great. The home to over a thousand native plants. If it were also home to this breed of herding dog. What is Kaliakala? Correct. Yay! Yay. I love it. That was Haleakala renamed. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. To see images from this episode, follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to learn more about Haleakala National Park and all the other parks on this podcast, visit our website at gazeatthenationalparks.com. All original music is by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. We would also like to acknowledge while hiking in Haleakala National Park, that we are on the traditional lands of the Kaneke Oweave people. Stay tuned for our next full episode where we finish the Sliding Sands Trail at Haleakala National Park. 